Everybody, welcome to another installment of Show to Be with Mike G, the show of life, the show of Miami, the show of Peche, show of vodka, single malt whiskeys, brandies of the pear and raspberry variety. Today's guest is the amazing Paul Sciera of St. George Spirits. He travels the United States going to the best and most amazing cities like Austin, Texas, spreading the gospel of St. George Spirits. We talk about the whole philosophy behind St. George. We talk about the sale and purchase and kind of reacquisition of St. George. We talk about Paul's very illustrious career in the hospitality industry, and I get to sip some of that amazing apple brandy, among other things. Got to tell you that that chili vodka from St. George is something to die for. It has the great, super amazing hot essence of peppers that only a chili head like myself could enjoy. So I hope you guys enjoy this chat with the space cowboy himself, Mr. Paul Skira. A lot of what we do is either about the terroir where we're coming from right. or the fruit that we're working with. We don't we don't distill really to please anybody. We distill to make spirits that we like to drink. Yeah. And then that you know, comes across that people fall in love with it. So if you take the first item we've ever distilled over thirty years ago, it was a pear O to V. Uh-huh. And today it's bottled as a pear brandy. We did a label change a few years ago more for the American public to understand it. Mm-hmm. But we've been distilling pears for 30, 30 plus years. That's, you know, it's our, one of our flagship items. It takes 30 pounds of pears to make one bottle, one 750 ml of 30 pounds. 30 What's the pounds. proof on the pear brandy? Uh, 80 proof. 80. So, so we're talking 40% alcohol that you mm-hmm. have to, to make. So 40 pounds. So you get 1% alcohol per pear. Roughly, it, right. roughly. That's insane. Yeah, so if you look at it a different world. You take, you know, after we crush the fruit in its entirety, yeah, and then we ferment it, we'll end up with about sixty-five pounds of mash right, that's right, distillable. Right. And from there, after distilling, you come up with about three gallons of spirit. That's you know? which is nothing. <coughs> Excuse me. Yeah, it's a little higher proof. Yeah, you know, but, you, and then you but proof still, it down, like but, even when you proof it down, it's not that much. Yeah, there's nothing. I mean, that's that's the art of distillation. So why? So it, it, let's let's talk about it from an economic standpoint. Then, why would you do? And now, I passion projects. I get it. And sometimes there's no one that can tell you no at that point. Yeah. But so why why do it? Well, there is profit still in it. Sure. But it's you know it that in particular is a a distillation of love. Yeah. Um, we don't want to put out a product that's inferior. And when you smell an open art pear brandy, oh. it's just ripe of pear. Yeah, you know, it's crisp and, and just punchy, and it's maybe slightly acidic. And there's exactly. all these wonderful. You know, and, you, and when you're tasting our pear brandy or our raspberry brandy, you can taste the entire fruit. Yeah, we you know we don't go through it with a fine tooth comb. We we leave a little bit of the stems in, some yeah. of the leaves, the skins are on there. So you're when you taste it, you know and and smell it you're mm. getting the entire pair connected to the whole whole fruit yep and that is we were talking about it briefly we don't touch on it too much but that's the, one of the appeals to agave and mezcal is that you get the life of the plant and you get the terroir yep. from the dirt all the way to the stem and that's true you know we make three different gins mm-hmm. um, that uh, botanivore right botanivore the terroir terroir and dry and rye dry rye yeah, yeah but yeah. you spoke of terroir our terroir is mount tam in northern california mm-hmm. and when you open our gin smells no different than if you were walking through the hillside of Montana. Amazing. You know, there's Douglas fir in there, there's coastal sage, there's Mm. bay laurel. And that gin, if you put 20 gins in front of anybody at St. George, we would all know immediately. Just immediately. The muscle memory. Just right there. So that that sounds like a good invitation, Paul, to take me up there. (laughs) (laughs) Anytime uh, you want to go to it. Anytime. You know, it's a cool story. The, uh, The history of Tuar is Lance was... 
at his uh, at a soccer game of one of his children, mm-hmm. and he was sitting there and he's like smelling the the surrounding area and he's like, I need to make something a gin that smells just like this. Right. And the you know the story goes that he went back the next day with his backpack and he he stripped off some of the pine cones from their pine needles from Amazing, the Douglas yeah. fir tree, and then uh, coastal sage and bay laurel. What's unique about that gin is we actually distill it's three different distillates the douglas fir gets distilled by itself so it's a blend of distillates a single oh i didn't know that yeah, okay. so we end up with a douglas fir distillate yeah and then we end up with a coastal sage and bay laurel distillate and then finally the more traditional uh, gin botanicals yeah and then they blend all three of them no so kidding can you imagine that three different distillates to make one bottle of gin three esoteric <laughs> distillates that's amazing though i mean there's not a lot of people that do such what, what is a laser focused uh, uh, Hendrix is one that comes to mind, right? And you got the rose and the cucumber, but that's an amazing process. And thinking of the ratios and all of those distillates and everything to just get the right punch, yeah. You know, but it it harkens me back to mountains, man. Because we're in Texas, we we're so far removed from being able to smell green. Yeah, green. Well, the know? one thing too is just California as a whole. I mean, the bounty of you know botanicals and fruit and and food and just you know wine it, it just so you, you gotta love it it's rich in, yeah. in all of that you know and that's what led the original owner york ruff who's mm-hmm. you know still with us and uh is retired but he came over from germany uh as a son of distillers mm-hmm. to study law oh really and he fell in love with all the bounty that california had and he just started distilling diverse people diverse produce diverse herbs i mean you guys are lucky over there. Yeah. Besides the drought, I think everything's going, going pretty good. <laughs> well, California's got its time. You yeah. know, I get to go out there, luckily, about a, once or twice a year to oh, play around right. in the yeah. distillery and do some sales meetings. But for the most part, they keep me in these warmer states. <laughs> I'm all right with that. You're, Paul, in, you're fine with Miami, right? All right, we'll, yeah. we'll send you to Dallas, Fort Worth. You know. Dallas was not good yesterday. It was cold and miserable. Rainy. It was cold here today, too. In the morning, the sun was shining today, and it was nice. But yesterday, it was uh, forty degrees and rainy all day, so I could not wait to get out of Dallas. Get back to Naples. Yeah. Yep, <laughs> that'll be tomorrow. So, where did you? You know, I, I I love how our careers, how this zeitgeist of the cocktail community, how we come together, and I get to talk to these guys at like this exact moment. You know, and we're very privileged to be in this industry at this time. Things are very very it's tectonic shifts. In the way that the business is and the dynamic of it, big brands maybe are being a little bit decentralized, which is great, you know. But so you, where do you come from? Are you from the West Coast? Are you from Florida? Where did you grow up? You talked about Michigan as well, yeah. right? Well, I grew up in Michigan. Yeah, um, I grew up in a small town, Manistee, right on Lake Michigan. And uh, cold, talking about cold, cold, Jesus. cold, cold. Yeah, yeah, I could, you know. As a kid, you don't really pay attention to it because uh-uh. you don't know any better. Well, your mom's having to warm the car up. Right? Yep. I remember those days where I go to oh. school and we you know, when we there 20 minutes. When we had snowstorms because we get lake effect, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. toward the middle of the winter, you know, you had snowdrifts on each side of your driveway that oh, were man. six, seven feet tall. Wow. So on a given big snowstorm, you would literally lose your cars. They would be buried <laughs> in. We had, more, we had so many school days, you know, off. And uh, there was many days you couldn't get your car out for three yeah. or four days. So you'd... Wow have to you know walk to the grocery store or you know if you had a snowmobile you could at least get out that way but that would be good did you ever have a snowmobile? oh yeah yeah did you really yeah. my dad I wish was, i did my dad was cheap though so the one that we had didn't go very fast <laughs> <laughs> it was pulled by uh, reindeers and wolves and stuff. i think it would have went faster if it was reindeers but, uh. <laughs> so you your your parents both were they from michigan as well or did they kind of come yeah from- they're from michigan um <clears throat> you know i had a very traditional upbringing yeah. uh, great parents and I was uh, off to school, and I chose to go to uh, hospitality school. Yeah, um, Davenport in, University. In high school, we had that program as well. And I actually went for college, so oh, I went. Cool. I have a uh, bachelor, I mean, a associate's degree with a degree in hospitality, which yeah. really doesn't mean much. I could have went to it's something. I got something. It means I could <laughs> study for two years. I made it through. But, I can uh, pay money for something. <laughs> you know, I did the whole restaurant thing for quite a while. Yeah. Um, from the Amway Grand Plaza Hotel in Michigan, where I was a beverage manager at a young age. Mm-hmm. Uh, and then found myself on Mackinac Island, Michigan. No. Mackinac Island. The uh, those the macadamia nuts. Yeah. Fudge. Jeez. You know, there's fudge, no yeah. there's no cars on that island. So as a I didn't young know guy, that. 
who had, was in a position of some semi-power. I had about sure. 75 employees running it. What you, how old are you at this point? 18? Uh, I turned 50. When you were in Mackinac? Really? No, in the, back in those days, I was just 21. <laughs> and I was a You had the mentality of a yeah, I was, Well, I was running 75 employees. I had a... You know, we do three, four weddings a At weekend. At twenty-one, yeah, that's great. Yeah, I just took I, I took risk. I showed up there as a bartender. Yeah, and within a month, I was the beverage manager, and mm-hmm. within the next year, I was running the whole place for a did year you, and a half. Did, so, yeah, you you studied hospitality and stuff in, in college. Did you ever was that the trajectory in high school? Were you thinking that that's what you wanted to do? Yeah, after uh, after high school, I said I'm going to go run a hotel or yeah. a restaurant or own one one day. And it was a blast. I mean, especially up there. I mean, yeah. I had... Oh, it's beautiful. That's uh, where my parents got engaged, actually. Really? Yeah. Oh, yeah. Yeah, It yeah. was awesome. I mean, it's a neat town because you don't have to worry about drinking and driving. You know, you work hard. You play harder. Sure. Um, pass and out then, in a beautiful uh, beautiful lawn. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Many people pass out <laughs> lawns. Yep. I remember one night I had the uh, police banging on my door. So I, I was one of the lucky workers because I actually had a two room suite in the hotel. Oh, wow. But most of the the kids that come up to be waiters or bartenders, mm. it's like they share a bunk room or something, you know? Sure, sure. So I'm getting beat up by the cops a little bit, you know, they hit me on the head and they're like, what, you, the, what, was the, the, what were the circumstances? Well, there? there was, might've been a bike missing or something. Uh, I see. Okay. Okay. <laughs> a bike, which is a, a much lesser crime. Much whereas lesser. here, you know. But there was no evidence. So I, it, it just went <laughs> off on its side. And I yeah. said, you know what? I think my final line was, I'm too tired and drunk to speak to you guys. But, uh, and <laughs> I need to be up at six 30 to, to open up for breakfast. You're just, you're, you're destined to, you, you got to work. You got to open the spot up. Yep. So it was a great time. We had, you know, we could leave in the in the winters. Yeah. So I went to uh, Phoenix and uh, I, we're in Phoenix. It was north. Uh, it was Glendale actually before Glendale, Glendale yeah. was much where it was. Uh, worked at a place called the Wigwam. Um, really didn't work. We spent about three months out <laughs> there drinking beer and hanging now, out. Now, different climate a little bit. I oh, lived in Scottsdale. For we a got bit. yeah, and we got the hell out of there quick. I mean, yeah, it was it was 110. We were like. We did a one trip to Mexico for spring break, yeah. which was too much that I can talk about on the radio. And, <laughs> and then uh, yeah. we were off and back to Michigan. and uh, But that's where, you know, my passion for for spirits and for wine. What, what, what was the, thinking about trends, what did people, in terms of spirits, not wine, but what were people drinking back then? Ooh, it wasn't much. It no, wasn't we, much. We were right? pouring Chablis. Oh geez, yeah. Into canisters like Coke canisters uh-huh, and uh-huh. running it through a gun. That was the wine. I mean, that, that was, was it. Yeah, that was you know in the late late eighties there was no wine. Lambrusco was being poured, mm-hmm. Chablis out of a gun, and cocktails were mainly martinis and yeah. we we're you know, good we martinis. No, there really you know there wasn't much for good vodka in, the, in those days. Um, what about good gin? Uh, Gordon's and so oh, forth. That's good. Yeah. yeah, that's good. You know, it's there really it's been around so long. There really wasn't a call for for premium spirits back in those days. Right. You know, that really came around. The first brand I ever worked with when I worked for the um, for Republic National mm. that really was leaps and bounds above everybody else was Kettle One Vodka. Kettle One, yeah. 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 And you know, it was the history of what they did, um, the type of what you know they were making it from wheat. Right. Um, copper pot steel. Nobody heard of that kind of stuff. And they didn't care then. They, they care now, though. They do care. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Most definitely. And, you know, it's gone way up. The whole trend of flavored vodkas came along. Yeah. And with St. George, you know, we were the producers of Hangar One Vodka. Right. right. Hangar One was Wasn't distilled that by St. Like George. The, uh, what's, what's the word? Uh, the breadwinner for a while, wasn't it? Yeah. yeah. Oh, yeah. It was the major breadwinner. You know, I mean, it was sold. and. Sure. It allowed York to retire, and Lance uh, Winters, who is now our current owner, mm-hmm. who is just celebrating his 20th anniversary at the distillery. Wow. Um, and as we just got the news a couple days ago, he's up for a semifinalist for James, James Beard. James Beard. Yep. So that's amazing. Uh, that's huge for us. Not a lot of people Lance. in distilling. 20 years is almost unheard of. Yeah, If exactly. you think about it. There's, I'm it, pretty sure York is a James Beard Award winner, so no kidding. You know, he's going to patch the, the pass the torch down to Lance. But yeah. You know, Lance is what Lance is what's taking off and, and really sort of redid Hangar or St. George after the sale of Hangar right. One. So um, now it's been about four to five years that he's in full ownership, and it's there's no stopping us right now. Our brand is you guys got is a on lot fire. of good stuff, very mm-hmm. very cool. So which we'll touch in a second. So, but what was that shift then from bar management, hospitality to 
or and I'm assuming that it was the next step, but what was that next step? Was it into distribution or was it was it something else? Did you do bar ownership at all? Did well, I think it was my third summer up toward Mackinac Island. Yeah. Um, but the previous year I had come down to Naples and um, what what uh, what brought you? To- Get, it gets you know pretty random. Down, I'll yeah, give a know. shout out to the gals. Uh, there's uh, Deborah and Sandra Orr who uh-huh. own bars up on Mackinac Island. Okay. And they also own a bar in Naples, Florida. Um, and this is years ago. If anybody's familiar with Naples, you know, when are we Fifth talk- Avenue. Uh, when are we talking? 20 years ago. 20 years yeah. ago. Okay. Naples was a sleepy little fishing community. Mm-hmm. And now it's, you know, been just announced as one of the top dining destinations in the United States. Really? Where about um, in Florida is it? Northern Florida? We're the southernmost on the Gulf of Mexico. Southernmost. Okay. Yeah. Okay. Uh, how close to Key West? Uh, depends how you go. <laughs> if you're stumbling along. If you're flying, <laughs> you're looking at about 45 minutes. Okay. If you're taking a, uh, the, there's a ferry that goes, you're yeah, looking at yeah, about yeah. four hours. Okay. If you're driving, you're looking anywhere from six to nine, depending Jesus. on, <laughs> on oh, the yeah. traffic. Yeah, yeah. Driving sucks getting down there. So you want to try to avoid that at any. any I will uh, toboggan. We're about two hours, two and a half hours south of Tampa. Okay, okay. Yeah, it's the most beautiful stuff. town in Florida. I mean, it is, it's spectacular. So you have some bar owners. We have some bar owners down there. The oars that are owning some things up in Magna. So I, yeah, so I came down to work Naples uh, just for the season. They just, they said, hey, Paul. Yeah, you, you should come do down. This thing? Come on down. So a couple buddies and I got in a car. We ended up and um, we got employed, you know, to bartend or, you know, wait tables yeah, for the, yeah. for the season. Made some money, hung out, and actually took back off from Mackinac the next year. And I had met uh, the lady who became my wife that that uh, winter, mm-hmm. and uh, she came back up and grabbed me and brought me down. And I opened a restaurant for a couple um, in Naples, and mm-hmm. did that for about a year and a half. What kind of restaurant? Uh, they were German, but yeah. we were doing a lot of American food. We had, gotcha. I, I had swooped in a chef from a Miami area. We're serving, you know, just better quality food than yeah. most of the people. Cocktail program? At no cocktail too? program. Nope. Yeah. This was just the start of some, you know, good wines that were coming in. Yeah. Uh, building wine by the glass. Um, this was, you know, like I said, about 20 years ago. Right, 20, right. Maybe 18. Things, it, it was different, different. It was different. <laughs> different you know, this was when the, um, the first time that I ever saw uh, vodka flavors, you know, and the first release of flavored vodkas were really stoly. Mm-hmm. in the old days um they had about six flavors that they came out and i remember the guy named larry genta who was my sales rep from republic national bringing it in to show me and larry's actually the guy when they had an opening um to to start adding sales reps to their fine wine division uh-huh. larry to, to republic yeah, yeah he recommended me and i i took over oh, so okay. and just to sort of nail it down you took a town like naples i had naples and marco island uh uh-huh. They gave me a route that produced two hundred thousand um, dollars in sales, which isn't a lot of money in commission. <laughs> sure, but uh, what what time period? In a quarter? That's for a year. A year. Oh, geez. Yeah. Okay. So it was either a week. Yeah. Paul, you're not doing so bad. <laughs> <laughs> either the guy before me didn't do a lot of work, yeah. or really, what was happening is fine wine was starting to come around a little bit. Mm-hmm. That next year, my first year, I did a million dollars in sales. Holy so, shit. The amount of growth that was happening, you know, in those days. Why do you Why do you think it grew? Was it you? Was it the? It was insurance? a little bit of both. A lot of it was. You're that, charming, aren't you? <laughs> I can sell you shit. <laughs> Anything you need, I can sell you. But, uh, um, I really uh, was the first guy in the area that took a personal computer and started doing drink lists and wine lists for people. Really? Yeah. In the old days, you would rely on your distributors to do, you know, a little 15, 20, 30 bottle wine list. Yeah, yeah. But they would only do it once a year. You know, they, they didn't care if you were That's out of stock good. on three or yeah, four it's items. it's not seasonal no, for it's one. certainly right? not seasonal. And it's certainly, you know, but they had you wrapped up. If they made the, the drink list for or the wine list for an account, yeah, they had you locked up. Sure. And you're really, nobody, you know, I'm dating myself, but computers were just coming in. So yeah. I had one in a printer, and I would go sell to an account, and I would say, how many wines are you out of? And they'd say, oh, five or six. I'm like. All right, I'm shipping you five and six wines, and I'll have you a wine list tomorrow. And That's amazing. Boom, yeah, I was like, wow, this guy's going to do a little extra effort for have us. Have you been good with technology then? No, I suck at it. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah. you, what, it, what? it took me five years to learn that you could copy and paste on a computer. <laughs> you know how much time that saves? That's what saves. Oh. My daughter, she comes home from like middle school or something. She's like, what are you doing? I'm like, 
well, I'm printing this out, but I can't just use it. I have to retype it. So right. Like, copy, paste. I'm like, oh. Alt-C. I mean, I've Alt-C. been doing that for wrong. Yeah, yeah, so kids are good. But, no, I've never really taken over, you know, or taken much interest in, in computers. Yeah. Or I'm, I'm but all you were, the street. Good enough to get through. Good enough. And that's sometimes that's all that it really takes, you know. Yeah, exactly. Put in that extra effort, and sure. we'd make it work. And so you have a million-dollar year. This is your first year with Republic, your first year outside of behind the bar, and you're in uh, Naples, right? Mm-hmm. So that market. So how's it going? You see, like, man, this is a good career. I want to keep doing this. You know, it was wonderful, and I would maybe still be selling, yeah. you know, but I always had that bug to do better and better and better. Right. Where, did, where does that come Republic. from? I think I, I I know my source, but what? Why why are you in? How dare you be ambitious in this industry? <laughs> I, I've always been that way. I just yeah. always you know want to get be the best I can be. But you know it's funny. I think at at almost fifty, I've come to a level where if I could retire at St. George, I pretty much you would do it. I would do it. It's it's just a dream job. Yeah. You know, and I grew up through the ranks. I was a district manager for for Republic National. Mm-hmm. Um, and was extremely happy. We had two young kids. We didn't want to move out of Naples. I could have took numerous jobs, you know, around the country. Yeah. And uh, eventually, after they graduate high school, I accepted to move to Miami. And I ran Miami to Key West, and I had about thirty employees wow. working on me, you know, in, from in Repu- mixology and both managers. wine and spirits, or just yeah, spirits? we sold both wine and spirits at that time. Yeah. And um, just Miami wasn't for me. So yeah. you know, tell me get. So that I can just delve into Miami, spend a day or two there. Oh. <laughs> what what drives one from Miami? Well, Is it the speedos? I suspect it's the speedos. <laughs> I'm a speedo guy, so you gotta yeah. <laughs> only well, at, gl- o- I, only at music, only at music festivals. Okay, I might pull okay. out. A, I I'm might glad pull it's pulled out, out right now. Let's put it that way. Let's put it. You know, my day in Miami is not what you see on TV. Yeah. Um, I would, any day or any weekend, I would take off to Miami right now and spend a great weekend. Um, yeah. you got to pack your wallet full of tons of money. It's an expensive city. Yeah. But my day was much different. You know, what people don't see in the industry that we're at, people see us coming in with a bottle of spirits of St. George or a right, bottle right. of wine and tasting with the buyer and, you know, laughing and giggling. But what people don't notice is the hours that you spend before you get to go on the street. So my morning would start early. Mm-hmm. I'd have to drive 45 minutes north to go to the office, um, spend a few hours doing emails and phone calls right, and so right. forth. And then you're expected to, you know, to do your job if, you know, if you want to be good at it, mm-hmm. get back in the market and go see, you know, eight, 10 accounts and yeah. shake hands, have cocktails, get home at eight o'clock and, you know, your wife is sitting there and not, not too happy with it. You know, we, <laughs> yeah. if we grew up in that area... You know, and there was more friendships and all that. It'd be different, right? It'd be different. Yeah. But we're... You had to work a little bit harder. We're slower. We had to work, I had to work harder. <laughs> <laughs> you know, you're not coming it, in with a Speedo. No, no, no. You're not no, coming no. in there with a, a nice mustache, unless you had a mustache. But. <laughs> no. In Naples, you know, our day started a little bit later and ended a little bit earlier because it's a small, tight-knit town. And yeah. I was in that position for 16 years. It never really changed over too many sales reps. Mm-hmm. In the Miami area, you change over sales reps. Just it's a, it's a harder market. It's dog eat dog. You know, it's a costly for sales reps to do business in some of these markets. Mm-hmm. You know, even today, with we were riding around, um, you know, the sales reps are having to put dollars and quarters in the ca- credit cards mm-hmm. every time they got to park. You know, and it's it, it gets old. You know, the cars take a lot of beating, and then, sure. you know, in Miami, I took. Two swipe swipes on the 95 going oh, up and down. So Just doing your job. Just doing your job. But I had a great getaway, though, because I managed all the way to Key West. So, oh, that's, you know, at least I was, I was, uh, I was feeling bad for you, <laughs> but now I know. <laughs> at least once a month I would take off down to the Keys. And, oh, it's amazing. And do some work. So the does Keys it, saved me a little bit. Does it, you know, and I haven't dealt with it too much, but they're, you know, on, on a general sense, socially in this industry, it involves a couple things. It involves being social course you're in sales i'm i'm in it, it, somewhat in sales let's say let's put it that way you own a brand you're in sales right so mm-hmm. you've got that you're out you're drinking and how difficult is and i have my own stories but how difficult was it maintaining you have two daughters you've got a wife like does it really tire her down does it wear her down that you're out and drinking it you know luckily for me um and i've seen it with other 
other couples but yeah. my wife's very involved in it yeah. um she actually worked as a wine supplier oh well, there for you many go. years she she came from the restaurant background as well yeah um so she understands it and and it's just gotten you know with saint george now that i'm with them yeah she understands the travel part you actually you're a rock star. Yeah. i mean if you you're follow on tour, me on, man if you follow me on <laughs> facebook um and i've got a lot of friends and a lot of them just giggle at me you know yeah. they're like they're good there he goes i just love following you on facebook you know, I probably have one of the coolest routes in the industry, not just at St. George, but right. the entire in industry. General. I mean, I get to go, I live in Florida, yeah, you know, where everybody wants to vacation, I'm there. And when I get to go to work, I'm hitting New Orleans, oh. Austin, Vail, Aspen, Denver, Nashville. I mean, where else? <laughs> Those are all like the Gee, hottest there, cities there going There are no right B-level, now. that's all like varsity cities right there. You know, and I love it. That's you know, amazing. Now, Austin being one of my top um it's I'm, an amazing spot i mean i love love austin i gotta give up nashville. nashville i'm giving up nashville next are month. you yeah it's the music the, it bothers me too <laughs> paul I, yeah uh, it's the you know for me uh we do things a little different at saint george we don't really take our territories based on on um areas yeah like region uh, locale regions we're doing it based on distributor networks so my history at republic national i control most of the large republic national states mm -hmm. florida louisiana texas colorado in tennessee which again it's just a wonderful city you yeah. know nashville chattanooga and there's great cocktail culture going on great food a lot of top chefs are hitting nashville oh yeah but it just isn't there republic national is not there from a uh, distribution perspective distribution and um i have a co-worker who lives in atlanta uh -huh. and she's going to take that over and oh that makes sense you know yeah. it's going to be good for for us, because she'll be able to get there more often. Yeah. It'll be good for me because I'm going to go and open up Alabama and um, I know Birmingham. Emerging markets. Yeah, I haven't been there yet, but all my coworkers and friends and you know, peers in the business say it's smoking. It is. There's, there was uh, randomly one night, I can't remember the gentleman's name or the guy he was train, uh, traveling with. It's at Roosevelt Room, just at the bar. Two guys kind of come up. I don't know where they'd heard about Roosevelt Room, but of course it's a great spot, staple of, of Austin, great back bar. And these two guys are from Alabama. I'm like, oh, shit, Alabama. Here's my preconceived notions about Alabama. But they said that it's it's a burgeoning cocktail scene. And they're they're around the university. And one of the guys owned a, owned a restaurant and a bar over there. And I'm hmm. like, oh, shit. And he says, it is the future. It's changing what you the notion we have about the South, about any of these what we may say were you know, a racially aligned uh, cities that, or states. It's all changing. Yeah. It's great, right? You know, and a lot of it is it's just the food culture and yeah. this cocktail culture. You know, people are eating better. Sure. Uh, they're definitely drinking better. You know, there's new products coming out every day that people want to try. Yeah. Um, not all of them are great. Uh, we're fortunate at St. George that we're we're rocking good spirits. I mean, you can't really open a bottle of our stuff and and not be impressed with it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But you but you're right. There is there is certainly a larger, a wider spread problem. As Ed Hamilton says, just because you distill it doesn't mean you have to drink it. <laughs> <laughs> and I was like, good point, Ed. Yeah. Duly noted. Because yeah, there's, there's a lot of stuff coming off those stills, man. It's not yeah, good. Yeah, you know, every now and then you'll run across a tasting where I'm doing in, in a retail store. And there's, you know, a promo girl's tasting yeah. some spirit. And I'm looking at that bottle. And I'm like, shit, I wouldn't the drink that for a million bucks. What you guys bucks. thinking? I yeah. mean, it's got clouds in it. And it's shaking. <clears throat> right. And it's, you know, so... Yeah, again, not all good spirit, not all craft spirits or new spirits are good. All spirits general. We don't even apply craft to it, which does uh, make it a little bit more subject to being lower quality. But yeah. overall, man, just because it's in a bottle doesn't make it good. And just because it comes out of Hollywood doesn't make it quality. Oh, 100%. You know, I am responsible for helping build some real brands that, you know, just weren't good, but they had great marketing. Yeah. You know, they, they spent money in the right spots, they advertised right. But down deep, I mean, this stuff was shit. I mean, it, was, <laughs> yeah. it was vodka flavored with marshmallows. And right, like right. That. But that I was know my, that one. Yeah, that was my job, you know. <laughs> that was it. And uh, I had the owners of the company living right in my home city. So oh, really? I'm like, the pressure to sell that, you know. And that kind of stuff, too, was, it's also what's very difficult for some of these sales reps that are coming through this, you know, distributor network. Mm -hmm. They're bombarded with everything. You know, and they're, you have to be a chameleon and sell stuff that you don't really want to sell. Yeah. And that's the joy of being into the supplier world. You know, if you get into a company that you enjoy, that yeah. you believe in the products, 
It's so much easier to put. Well, I mean, it's like a load off your chest, right? Yeah. I mean, to you know, every day I walk in and bang on a door, somebody says, "Man, come on in. What do you got in that bag?" Yeah, you got respect. You got street cred because of the portfolio stuff you guys have. Hundred percent. You know, I mean, it's when you think of craft, and maybe that's not the right modifier, but but just to say that multinational conglomerate St. George is not right. I think that's fair. Yeah, definitely not. Very, very good values. Stay true to the vision, and people can respect that. You guys are an indie band. You are, you know, you you're a very successful indie band. But you're like, fuck you, Sony. Yeah. You know, I'm not gonna get signed. You know, so that's that's where you're still at, and you're the biggest probably. You know. Yeah, well, you know, we're we're growing our, our tremendous growth that we have. I give you know major kudos to the guys at the distillery. You know, because for years, you know, St. George was was doing well, and they were making you know Hangar One and this and that. But man, four years ago, when we decided to to take over, mm. and a big part of it, you know, the growth pattern is is Lance was extremely smart and doesn't use a broker. He hired his own sales force. You know, he brought my boss on. It's a great was, idea. Who was a uh, a veteran in the industry, worked yeah. some for some bigger suppliers, and gave him a lot of leeway, and he set up the distribution network. And over the years, now there's five of, of me, yeah. you know, we call ourselves DVPs, divisional vice presidents right, that right. run around the country. But it reminds me of a brand like Hangar One. You know, Hangar One never advertised before it was brought out. It was done by seminars and mm-hmm. it was done by meeting the people and shaking the hands of, of people. You know, we talked about Pesce earlier today. Yeah. Lance did a seminar there. Did he? When was this? This was before my time, so this was over three years ago. But okay. Lance was in town, did a seminar, and people that I meet here in Austin still talk about it. And, That's you know, incredible. What an impact it did for them yeah. and what an impact it did for the restaurant. And, you know, when you go there, I mean, we're royalty when you walk in there. So Wonderful. It's, it's a great feeling. Why? Well, I, I mean, I, I, I guess I'm a jester in comparison right now. <laughs> <laughs> so there's two things. So one, I absolutely agree. If you want to promulgate a culture top down, you can't broker that shit. No. You can't. You want a consistent culture with all of your sales staff, people going out there and spreading the vision and the quality of the product in exactly the same way. Now, there's nuance. We all have different, I'm sure you express it in a different way. That's smart. Yeah. And that's how you are successful. And it's also smart, too, uh, hiring some people that have some history in the industry. Sure. You know, and and interviewing them a little bit longer and and knowing that, hey, then if I hire this guy, He's going to be out there or, you know, this person's got some good credentials from the past. Yeah. He's going to, he's the guy I want to build my, my brand around and, sure. and work with. And, and that's what I did. It's I talent I, management, yeah. man. You know, you guys have the, you get the vision, you're talented, you've got the contacts, you know. But it's ownership's too, commitment to, to growth. Sure. You know, he's not short-sighted. It, we were paid well, yeah. you know, where if you hire promo companies or you're hiring oh you know, yeah charge the, half the market rate brand ambassador yeah. that comes and goes or doesn't have that experience you know you're you're taking we're slow growth plan but yeah. if i gave you the numbers it'd blow your mind i I'm mean sure it's it there the growth that we've gone through is tremendous how do you so this is a good question when when you talk about a long and putting a ring on it and committing to a culture of a company and investing in your sales staff versus quarter to quarter hiring what is a short-term resource do you think that brands, nobody in particular, that if they employ short-term resources and allow them to run such things as their Twitter feed or their Instagram feed, that in a sense, like they're going to have a very incongruent experience for their customers? I think so. I think you've got to really, you know, if you're the owner of the company, you've got to be, you know, as much freedom as he gives us. Yeah. We're, we know what we're speaking. You know, we're, we're, we know what we're saying. Sure. Um, we're not coherent. Say, like yeah. it, it's, a, it's all, if you hear it from me or if you hear it from Rob who works in the Chicago market or Kevin or Lindy or, or Jeremy, yeah, we speak the same language. And Common that's narrative. because we get together and we talk about business. Mm-hmm. You know, we have meetings in it. We are the small craft company that's bigger. We're probably the tallest small. out there. <laughs> it's but, a misnomer. But <laughs> <laughs> you know, but we're run like a big company. Yeah. We, you know, we demand a lot of respect from our distributors. Um, we host big meetings with them, you know, just as any other, you know, if it's Panoma you want, Card or you want, or a, you want a seat at that table. Yeah, and yeah. we get it, you know, and it's part of, part of the reason we get it is because we act like we deserve it. Deserve it. What you do. We do, and the bottle, and, and the 
nobody's creating spirits that are as high quality of ours here in the United States. There's just I can pop, I can carry as much as fourteen bags of bottles in my bag. Yeah, and I'm not afraid to pull. You had a very massive them. bag of stuff. <laughs> <laughs> That's a small one. I had a well. It's just it's over. It, I'm you know like which one should I? I should just drink all of these. I think. <laughs> you know we're tasting a little bit of the apple brandy right now. Yeah. Um, yeah. Let's let's so let's transition to what's the bottle proof on this guy? Eighty six. Oh, that's great. Yeah. Uh, so we, we stick a, all our, the proofing on our spirits. Um, we try to maintain a little bit higher proof. Our gins are at 90. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Uh, we make a dry rye reposado gin. It's our dry rye gin that we age in Syrah, Grenache, and Tenant barrels. And that's released, bottled and released at 99. How? Oh, really? How, uh, what's the color look like on it? Pink, dark? pink red. Pinkish, it's beautiful. Yeah. yeah it's, uh, how long so do you a, know? How long is it rested? Do you have any idea? Uh, 12 months in Oh, in good. Barrel. So at least... Yeah, 12 months in barrel picks up a lot of the acidity from the wine barrels. And then uh, after we bottle it, we only really release about 500 six-packs around, around the country. Mm. Same with this apple brandy. Um, so we make a pear brandy, a raspberry brandy, which we bottle unaged. So they're clear spirits. Our reserve apple brandy's actually got a beautiful, you know, picks up a nice color, darker color from all the, we use a little bit of French and American oak, yeah. about three to four years. But what makes this, such a spectacular item. It's 15 different varieties of apples that we work with. Uh, f- f- throughout California? Yeah, or different yeah we, we're, it's mostly off of one farm in Northern California. Yeah, please. And uh, all that fruit is cr- is crushed, fermented, and then distilled, and then laid down in, in you know a little bit of French and American oak. Um, what's cool about this is we don't add any pear to it. So if you're familiar with Calvados, well, uh, most, time, yeah, most Calvadoses have about 15% uh, pear. This is 100% apple from 15 different varietals. And you guys are... So the, the wash, uh, you have to get into the trade secrets, which sometimes is a, a touchy subject, but so do you have to do a lot of filtering with apples? Like, or you can just put the whole the fruit in there? Do you have to juice them first? Do you just yeah. ferment the you juice? Know, I haven't been there when they worked with the apples, but I was told that it's made a very similar as to the pear. Mm-hmm. And when we're, we're making our pear, we use the entire fruit. So, amazing. you know, I was there and it's, it's an amazing day to be at the distillery. You're looking at a sea of pears. Our distillery is 65,000 square foot. Yeah, it's massive. You know, it's an old airplane hangar from the, from the Navy base and, uh, it's just gorgeous. But when the pears come, I mean, there's just crate after crate after crate of pear and we just dump all that pear into, you know, a crusher and we move it over to the stainless steel tanks and then we let it sit there and ferment. And our philosophy in distilling is not to over distill. We like to distill basically once. Totally agree. And yeah. that keeps that keeps all the flavor in there, the aromas, the oils. Yeah, all you're that, getting yeah. everything that you're working with, so it's you know it's beautiful. Yeah, and this, this is a uh, plate still, calms, uh, pot still. Do you know? Um, well, you guys we, have a lot. We, we, uh, we got a little bit way. of a hybrids on our stills. Yeah, you know, there's a little mix of calm and, and continuous. Yeah. So um, they're they're cal- they're done in our copper pots. Yeah, uh, but. I don't know the exact. Uh, no, it's okay. Yep, it's it's very rich nose, and I have not had this, so I I'm, I feel that right now I'm, I'm kind of giddy. You know, <laughs> um, very rich. I mean, like I get I get the whole earthy darkness of the apple up to the lightness and the acidity. And it's to me, it drinks a note. lot like a little bit of a whiskey, um, which is totally fine with me. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> Great. We we also I don't know if you're familiar, but we've been producing single malt whiskey now for, mm-hmm. for mm-hmm. 15 years and it is our flagship item um, last year our single malt one uh, craft whiskey of the year from two different publications from whiskey advocate and also from icon of whiskey mm-hmm. uh, the problem with our single malt there's just not enough of it you know we put 500 Demand, six right? packs. yeah 500 six packs for around the country i mean it's just nothing that sells out at the distillery in a day yeah and then in the market's you know that manage it well it's pretty well gone to our top customers but if you ever get that you you speak about the aging so we use malted barley um which gets you know distilled but what makes our single malt so beautiful is all the casts that we work with you know each year the cast is a little bit or the final blends a little bit different always going to be different but this year lot 15 the oldest barrel that we chose was 16 and a half years old and that barrel previously held a sauterne. Mm-hmm. The other 15 barrels either held port, sherry, whiskey, or bourbon That's before. Amazing. And the average age is about nine years old. And it's 
It's lovely. I mean, I was Is at... Is it out uh, You yeah. don't have it in your back. I don't have it. No, but, Son uh, of a bitch. <laughs> if you meet me at Roosevelt Room tomorrow, we could have one. So. I will... I'll meet you wherever to, <laughs> to try that. Got to do it early, though. I got to catch a flight tomorrow at 6. Oh, that's right. So, Damn yeah. it. But well, I'm doing listen. a... If you're off tomorrow day, I'm doing a seminar down there. Yeah, that's right. They've got great staff. Justin you know. and, and Dennis are great. Yeah. I, had, I ran into the guys today. They, I, I don't really? know what they were doing, if they were following me around, but I... I think so. It's, it's going to be... <laughs> they're, they're very uh, intellectual guys. They, they follow. What's the, what's the new place here in town or the development where the old airport was? Oh, yeah. Mueller. Yeah. So yeah. there's a, a really cool new shop there. Um that's featuring uh, pastries, yeah. And, oh, uh, right, coffee, right. the the bribery, bribery, or, yeah, yeah. Jody's place, awesome spot. Yeah. I ran into an old St. George person. No shit. Yeah, and See, who's one thing, of the manager there. So that's one of the things about Austin, right? Yeah. But let me comment on the brand new. Please, work. it's a it's a mouthful, right? It's not thin. It's not tight. It's very open, very mealy, which I love, right? Because apples do have this meal, this mealiness. It's not too acidic. It's a very lovely expression of the brandy, and I, you know, I thank you for sharing that. You're much welcome. The color's great too. I mean, who? I feel very lucky <laughs> to get to sit in this 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 seat, you know, and get to try such fine spirits. It's an amazing, amazing thing. And when I think about your journey, when I think about you kind of connecting with St. George, I I think when was that handshake? When when did what? Can you think of that meeting or that lunch where you're like, "Oh no, I'm I'm out. I'm out of Republic. I'm transitioning." <laughs> There's got to be that meeting because I'm like, "Well, how does this transition to you?" Yeah, it was quite a meeting. Guys? So it was it was a day I'll never forget. And um, you know, I was just I was coming to the end of what I thought was my career at Republic and right. getting a little bit frustrated and had a uh, conversation with my boss mm-hmm. and it just just didn't feel right, you know. And, I just was 18 years, right? Yeah, 18 years, and you know, I just wasn't feeling it, and and uh, we got into a conversation that got a little more heated than any conversation I had in 18 years, and really, and uh, it, why though? Because you, I were think saying, it was part I, of me. I just think it, was, you know, part of my frustrated, yeah, frustrated, and just done with, you know, with the distributor world, but. Yeah. Really, with no outlook, and I hadn't been looking. So when you're like, where do you go though? Yeah, that spot? Well, what's the spot? Divisional it, VP or something for? Republic? Well, for me, I would have been a division manager, yeah, yeah, yeah. so forth, and uh, and it could have happened probably if I if I stayed around, sure. but it just the heart wasn't there. And it, that day, I remember my next after my meeting, my <laughs> task for that afternoon was to go out and get about twelve cases of samples, and they were all St. George samples. Okay. And I b- really didn't know too much about St. George. We sold it, but at, sure. you know, at the time, there was no sales manager for St. George in Florida. So, you know, out of mind, out of sight a little bit. And yeah. So I grabbed it, and uh, as I'm heading down to South Beach uh, to drop these samples off, I meet a gentleman named Steve Ciavola, and he is the vice president of sales for St. George. And I said, you know, what are you doing here at South Beach Food and Wine Fest, which was held by you know, sponsored by our competitor, Southern Wine and Spirits. Right. And he goes, well, I got a call from this hotel, and they wanted me to come down and, you know, and feature St. George for a night of drinks. What, what year are we talking, by the way? Three years ago. Oh, that's yeah. it? Yeah, oh, three wow. years okay. ago. Okay. Uh, this would have been, well, Food and Wine Fest is happening right about now. So, yeah, yeah. Yeah, just three years ago. And uh, I sat, I said, you got a few minutes, Steve. And I said, you know, tell me more about your brand. I'm the sales manager here, and I just want to know more about it. And, yeah. And he's, you know, we sat down. And he said they're growing. He joined them. He had a career with Remy and and really? uh, from other uh, Hugh Blind. I mean, he goes back a few years. Yeah. Hugh Blind's no longer around. Uh, and I said, well, why don't you have anybody in Florida? And he goes, well, we're just not sure. You know, this is the market that we want to grow in or that's ready for growth yet. Right. Right. And but if we're open, if we find the right person, and I said, you know what? Let's sit down tomorrow. Do you have an hour for me to sit down? He goes, yeah, sure do. He goes, but. He goes, tonight, why don't you come to the event? Bring your wife and, and come to the event. I'm, yeah. I'm sure he was checking me out. You know, see, oh, you know it. See how I was dressed it, right. Man. See how what my wife looked himself? like, if, if she could handle does herself. Does he know anything about spirit? All of yeah. it, right? You know, yeah. all of it. So we came in and we had a, you know, we dressed well and to the T's and, you know, took all my experience that I knew and just came down and we hung out. Did you know you're being scouted? Oh, yeah, I knew. <laughs> so you're, you're like, mm-hmm. how was that? All right, I got I to gotta go real quick. So dressing for the event 
Well, did you crap. guys? Did you? Well, there's did you a coordinate. There's a big different world in how you dress when you work for a craft distiller. Yeah, and how you work out in the street. Sure. Or that you work for a craft distiller and you're going for a business meeting. Right. You know, at your distiller, there's two different dress codes that you do. Okay. okay. One so, god thing is that we never put ties on anymore. Ties are gone for I mean, you. For us. For us. No matter if I'm eating with the president of any of my distillers or, I, or distributors. <laughs> doesn't matter. Yeah. No yeah, tie. yeah. But we will slip a jacket on every now and then. Sure, jackets are good. They're they're classy. Yep. You could wear a ja- jacket with jeans though. You which can. Is okay. Which I think I did that night. So, <laughs> but we hung out. We're on South Beach. We're having a good time, and you know Steve was working the event, mm. so we didn't get to interact too much. But the next day, um, I had a meeting set up with him at noon, and it was going to be an hour, and it took three hours. And I felt at that wow. time, I said, you know what. He's interviewing you, isn't he? This is good if we can get it work, if we can make it work. But the fear of many guys that have been in the industry of the distributor network mm-hmm. for that long as I had is that the pay sometimes moving to a supplier job not so good. It's not as good. You know, most of them are you know entry level and right, right. But that's not what St. George was looking for. They were looking for a divisional senior. vice president, a senior, you know, somebody with some senior experience yeah. that could manage five states. So. The offer came through. I was sitting in a business meeting, uh, you know, what they call mid-month meetings at uh-huh. the distributor where you're sitting there for eight hours and one supplier after another after another is coming and tasting you on this shit vodka or this mezcal. Right, right. Some, you know, half of them are good, some of them aren't. Sure, it's a split. My phone rang. I got up out of the office and went and answered it and headed off to a corner of, a, of the warehouse that nobody could talk. And Steve and I talked for about 20 minutes and... He goes, I think we've got a number that can, you know, make you through. And I've said, you know what, I'm not as worried about the number, but, I, you know, I, I got to believe in this company. Yeah. He goes, well, the first thing, uh, you know, I need you to fly out to, to San Fran. So two days later, I was on a plane, uh, landed wow. in San Fran, hopped on a ferry. You know, you, you can take a car or a ferry to the distillery. So uh-huh. I just uh, took the ferry over, met Lance Winters, and, you know, we talked for a good hour and a half. and Got a tour of the distillery. Headed back out, and as I was on the ferry from from uh, Alameda to uh, San Fran to go back to the city, I get the call. phone call, and they're like, we want you on the board. And I'm like, shit, yeah, I'm coming. And, uh, you know, it was the best decision I've ever made. And I didn't know what I was getting into, you know. I went. Did you think that's where it was going to go? Like, you know, in your career? No, no, I had no right? clue. I, I mean, yeah. you know, you're, you've, you've had a great stint. Yep. In distribution, you've been behind the bar. You're now on the other side of it. That seems like it must be a dream job. It's the biggest dream job out there, you know, and it's... <laughs> and <laughs> There's hope, everybody. Everybody. <laughs> I mean, just in the last few days, you know, I mean, that have been running around Dallas and, yeah. and Austin, people are like, when are you guys going to hire state people? And I'm sure. like, you know what? Eventually, we're going to grow big enough that that's going to happen. Yeah. You know, I've got a stack of cards that can come through. But, yeah, it's, you know, I think karma... I'm a huge believer in karma. Me too. If you do well, you know, and yeah. you treat people well, and you, you know, you you take care of your your business and your life and your family, mm-hmm. good shit happens. And I was in a spot totally. where I was I needed to move. You know, I'm a passionate person, so if I didn't have the passion any longer, you know, to do what I was doing right, at right, the right. distributor. This just happened to find me. I mean, somebody somebody put me in line with with the right day. It's all lined. Oh, it was awesome. It's amazing. Yeah. So three years now, you say. Three years, yeah, three years, and it's just you know the growth that that we're seeing in all our markets is fantastic. Yeah, um, you know I travel about sixty flights a year. You Jesus, know, man. So. Do you like do you, do you like so today? You know we talked about it a little bit, but you had a staff training for Backbeat, which is the Mike and Jess. They're mm-hmm. in place here, which is going to be amazing. Two uh, multiple floor bar program and stuff. Do you like getting down there and performing? That's the big thing. Yeah, if you can't yeah. tell already, just sit here. <laughs> That's the... you never were in a band though, were you? <laughs> no, not okay. just an air band, maybe. Yeah, but, yeah. Uh, but this is this is this is the chance, right? Yeah, I'm. You know, when you're doing that, you're the lead singer. That's right. you know, when That's you're in front of everybody, and if you, you know, you include the people that you're talking to, yep. you know, and you make sure that they're, you're not over talking to them. Mm-hmm. You know, you try to find out quickly if if they understand what you're talking sure. about. What do it, they yes, want to know? Yeah, you know, you you got to make it. I've I've sat through so many seminars of people just talking over the heads of everybody. Yeah. And what's the point of that? You know, well, you're not getting anything out of it. You know, if I don't connect with these people, you know, that's 
you know, I wasted an hour of my sure. time. And a trip, maybe. Yeah, right. and an hour of their time. So that's the biggest part is being able to connect with people, um, you know, knowing your product. Um, the one thing, you know, I get asked a lot of times, how many botanicals in Botanivore? And I'll right. say there's 19. And they're like, well, can you name them? And I'm like, no. That's a lot. You know? I don't. I, I don't. Have, I, yeah. can, I don't need. Memory. Yeah, I don't need to put. I don't need to compact. Does that matter? This is a better yeah. question. But you know. But you overall, to, you know, you're not going to explain 19 botanicals to one of your customers. Right. Tell them botanivore is full of citrus notes and floral notes. Yeah. Tell them tawar is full of pine mountain. notes and mountains and Lots tawar. Of mountain. and, and leave it at that. Yeah. People, you know, that's sometimes people spend too much time getting geeked out in the world. Yeah. You know, give them a little romance and give them a little history mm-hmm. and just a few selling notes and that's selling. that's enough yep. yeah. and then take a little time and connect with that person but uh no i i, I feel you yeah i did the gin training for them the, the week before and what you know what do you say what do i talk about do i talk about my product is it just about my product or is it about what i love about spirits and gin it's hard to say right but yeah it's it, fun to perform though it's I'll put that uh, way. the performance is fun you know the the best days of work in my whole career of in, in sales of spirits is doing dinners. You yeah. Know, I wow. love doing dinners when you're up in front of 80 people or a group of 40 people or whatever, yeah. you know, I had the opportunity, um, last summer to do uh, Epcot food and wine. Oh, wow. And you are mic'd up, you're on stage and you have to speak for 45 minutes. I mean, that's, a, that's, a, no, that is pressure. No less, no more. Yeah. And in that time you're making three cocktails and you're talking about the spirits. And yeah. You know, at the time, I got family and friends out in the audience, and you know, you you want to make everybody proud, but man, as soon as the light came on, I'm it, it flows. Yeah, you know, I didn't, I, I had a small plan, but not really. And what's cool is each day was different. I did two days in a row, and mm-hmm. when you know your product and you love your product and you love what you're doing, it's easy. It's easy. So I'm gonna ask because I think this is important. You guys have many skews, but for you, what's the skew? What's the St. George product you keep going back to that you really, really like? Well, there's a couple different things. One, I, I love brown spirits. Yeah. So, you know, our single malt is a treat when I get to try it. Mm-hmm. It's a joy when I see it behind a bar. Um, you know, to sip that and eat or with one ice cube is, is tremendous. I love our apple brandy that you're drinking right now. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm not a huge drinker of gins. Mm-hmm. I appreciate every one that we have. Um, Jen always doesn't agree with me <laughs> and not even over drinking just sometimes you know uh, just acidity and stuff you I, know how I many get... times i've heard someone say sorry man i just can't sample this gin gin makes me angry <laughs> well if you That's ask my bo- wife it's bollocks but you know, if you ask makes... my wife bourbon makes me angry but it, <laughs> i've got the ability to drink quite a bit of bourbon but if you mix the both perhaps you'd be even out but anyway so you I, but brown, you're leaning towards brown. Spirit. I lean toward brown, but what's the most exciting thing in our in our yeah. bag right now is our new vodkas. You know, we spent four years without being able to distill vodka. With the sale of Hangar One, it was a non-compete. Yeah. Um, the distillery kept making. We were under contract to make uh, Hangar One for the new ownership for a mm-hmm. few years. And then after that was ended, um, Lance and Dave, you know, from the distillery, they took their time. They, they wanted to do something different. Yeah. Um, but they knew vodka, you know, they had been creating yeah, been ultimate, uh, high end, you know, full fruit infusion style vodkas, not flavored vodkas, but full fruit infusions. Yeah. So they took their time and we came out with a, you know, a three just outstanding, uh, expressions of vodka. In uh, one of the larger bottles too, right? Well, we're in seven fifties. Yeah, uh, no, no, sorry. Not a larger quantity, but we have the, for this apple brandy, for example, it's a little squattier. Yeah. They're in our taller bottles. That's right. They're yeah. in our, um, um, what we call our liqueur bottles, so forth. Yeah, yeah. But there's no rhyme or reason there. But we're making um, all our vodkas from non-GMO corn. Very so cool. one of the only you know mid-sized to large-sized distillers that I know out there, um, and I could be wrong, but that no, is you, you're yeah. taking the effort to do something right, you know, and source out non-GMO corn. You yeah, know, it's, it's got better flavor. It's got you know uh, just deeper notes to it. Yeah. Um, and then after that, you know, what we're doing with that is just amazing. We make one called California Citrus, uh-huh. where it's an orange-flavored vodka by law, but in reality, it's a distilled spirit made from corn and orange peels. Ah. You know, so we source uh, orange peels from a Northern California grower, mm-hmm. 
And after we get the peel, all we're doing is pouring some vodka over the top of it, oh, wow. macerating it for about a week, and then we throw the peels and the and the spirit into the still, and we redistill at one time. Just to clarify, just basically, yeah. Well, it gives it that that second distillation where you know you're really picking up all the aromas and flavors from the orange peels. Yeah, so much so that you know when we started making it, it was it was able to lose. I mean, there oh, was so really? much oil coming off no the still kidding. that, you know, if you were adding Fire. water to it, it would cloud up just like no a, like our Epsom or like a Zambuca. Out yeah, there. yeah, yeah. So the guys had to figure out a pretty good way to, to filter Not it. Not do that. But yeah. our, our citrus vodka is 80 proof. Okay. It's no sugar. There's no artificial anything in there. It's just a distillate of orange peels and, and um, corn vodka. I mean, it is oh. the most ex- beautiful expression of a zested orange that you could ever get. It's amazing. But there's a bottle that I carry every day, and it's called our green chili vodka. Um, oh, what kind of chilies? We take, uh, we dis- we distill jalapenos uh-huh. along with lime peel and cilantro. Oh, so that's okay. the base. So you got your corn vodka and those, you know, jalapenos, yeah, lime, yeah. cilantro. But that's not enough. So in true St. George style, there's four more. So we take habaneros, oh. which we macerate for about a week. We yeah. take... Uh, Serranos, and then right. we take both red sweet peppers and yellow sweet peppers. Oh man! And each one of those is done separate, you know, as a, a sort separate of like an infusion. Like when you get well, we don't your... distill. We don't distill distill those. What yeah. we do is we we just combine the vodka in the in the peppers. Oh, I see. And let okay. it macerate for about a week. Yeah, yeah. And then we pull off the liquid off the solids. So you're sitting with five different peppered vodkas. Oh man! You know the jalapeno, the habanero, the serranos. All the different floral notes, spice. All of it. Totally. And when you open this bottle of vodka, everybody goes, I get cilantro, I get lime, I get jalapeno. Oh, that's But amazing. what happens is those bell peppers, yeah. you know, knock down all the heat. So this bottle is not hot. It's savory. Yeah. It makes by far the best Bloody Mary ever. Wow. Um, we're seeing a huge comeback with gimlets. I had a few accounts today that are like, we're adding this on with a gimlet, but we're changing it up a little bit. Yeah. So, you know, I for Valentine's Day, I made... Um, I called it the garden gimlet, mm-hmm. where I took our green chili vodka, fresh lime juice, simple syrup, but then I added a few drops of sriracha in there and a little bit of uh, mint and oh. served it. Beautiful pink color, but this is hitting so many notes. It mixes with watermelon juice, lime juice, tomato juice. It's great on the rocks. It's great as a martini. You, you can't hear me salivating, can you? <laughs> you want. There's one in that bag. There is right one there. in there? <laughs> so we'll we're dot, dot, dot. We're going to, well, yeah. I have to try it. I love, love spicy, love it, but I love the, the nuanced flavors of different kinds of peppers, which is yeah. what you get. You guys are co- combining different Scoville units of all types of you peppers. You know, and, and, and just, it's not easy to make. I mean, you know, yeah. vodka as a whole, straight vodka is pretty easy to make. Oh, it's easy, yeah. You know, uh, flavored vodka is if you're adding a couple of drops of flavoring, sugar, easy. easy. I worked today in a distillery where I was, separating the red peppers away from the you know the infused yeah. corn vodka it's not easy we don't do it by machinery we do it by hand i mean you're digging with a colander and ripping out those you're peppers. in the your hand you've touched oh yeah i've touched there's some <laughs> All the, <laughs> you know but the hop when they're doing jalapenos yeah they're wearing gas masks you have I mean, to you have to yeah. you know so this vodka is the first vodka that we're seeing in in major cocktail bars mixology bars in yeah. new york city and san francisco that haven't carried a flavored vodka in years or ever they're bringing this stuff in because they understand that this is just a distilled spirit yeah but legally we're having to call it vodka that's so amazing yeah it, it's truly amazing that. well we're gonna try i gotta try it after this Let's but pop it i do want to touch on this last piece you're a music guy you've been to a lot of shows this past year you know, I go every year to a show called Wani Music Fest, mm-hmm. and it's in North Florida, and it's in the most amazing spirit. It's one of the happiest spots in the world. Um, Why is it happy? Because it's hippies. And ah, it's it's yes. respectful hippies, you know. <laughs> you, I mean, travel, you, mean, you mean the the hippies that have been successful a yes, little bit? this is successful. You know, <laughs> going to concerts nowadays is yeah. not an inexpensive venture. I mean, Oh, my God, it's so crazy. You spend thousands of dollars on here. We, yeah. And I have... Uh, Friends from all over, you know, come from South Carolina, from Georgia, uh, from all over Florida. And 
my buddy Curtis sort of put this little group together, and you know he's been there I think eleven years in a row, and mm. I believe they started with four, five, six people, and staying in this little cool area in the, in the campsite that we do. So this is a festival where you you camp for four nights, and they play music for three and four four nights and three. What days. are some of the acts that you? Oh, uh, widespread panics there. Yeah, um, big. You know, lettuce shows up. Uh, sure. You know. Allman Brothers headed it up for many years. Really, Jukes there. Jesus, um, yeah, it's. I mean, Huge. it's it's all it's it's fantastic. Yeah, you know, and there's twenty thousand people, <laughs> but uh, that's part of my life where you get to de-stress. Yeah. You know, you show up, you put up your campground. We hang with fifty people. We have fifty people in our group. Is it like and, a, you uh, guys camping together, or is it just we camp solid? Yeah, we got like one area, and it's the middle of the center loop, and we camp. You know. I'd like to say we're roughing it, but it has, it has electricity, so we're all sleeping on some serious air mattresses. Yeah. We, we're having coffee and, and donuts in the morning. and you know, Ceviche, yeah, nice ceviche. fresh kale salads. <laughs> it's amazing. At this camp, you know, nowadays festivals, they've learned, and it's sort of what's happening out in the world of, you know, dining and, and restaurants. Yeah. Even the festivals have better food now. You know, they, they're putting out solar noodles and there's kale salads, like you say, and, and good food. But do we even deserve that as like you know concert? You gotta eat healthy. You know, I'm just you hoping do. somebody right, shows right. up with some fresh juice every morning and, and gets my body back into order. What's but. healthier than a chili vodka? <laughs> I mean. Chili vodka and watermelon juice. See, it will revive you, you just like that. It will. It will. And we're gonna do it. We do it every year there. It's but amazing. Yeah. So that happens um, next month. Uh, who's April. headlining this year widespreads there and uh yeah just, there's 40 50 you know different bands yeah. that'll that'll be there and uh, uh my one of my favorites on freeze mcgee will be there they're the, cool. they cool. they're playing two nights in a row yeah um, there's a two stages there's the you know the big stage the peach stage but there's a stage called the mushroom stage <laughs> huh well tell me paul what and exactly I, I wonder is why it's the called the mushroom stage, stage. so Wani's the whole theme of it is is the mushroom yeah so, and I, I don't know who's on them or who's not. But, you know, it's probably good every other person or every nine out of ten persons walking around with a tie-dye. So uh, it's Let's just be assume there's a correlation. There's a pretty good uh, chance that most people are there. But yeah. this is a natural canopy. So there's all these beautiful live oaks. Amazing. And it's a natural hill that goes up. And when the bands come on late night, the, the show, you know, the light show for it yeah. is out, unbelievable. And... Uh, you know, it's the one time for four days that you can rock out from noon till two in the morning, get up at eight in the morning, shake it off, and, and just do it again. It's the amazing. worst part's the six-hour drive home, but other than that, you know. So you and your wife go every year? My wife, yeah, my daughter. Um, oh, that's so cool. Yeah. No you know, kidding. I'm, uh, I've got a couple adult daughters, and one of them has taken up the, the hippie lifestyle. And yeah. The whole lifestyle. She's Where? a chef. So no she's shit. A, she's got it lucky. She's a chef for a private couple on a yacht. Yeah. And uh, currently in Key West right now working. So. We talk about Key West again. Jesus, man. Yeah, I'm heading back. I was just there, and I'm going to do a bar takeover at the other side. It's, uh -huh. uh, you know, even Key West is getting away from the foofy drinks, and they got some really good bars yeah. and doing some uh, some proper cocktails down there. So early May, we're going to do a little, my wife and I are heading back, and we're going to do a bar takeover at a place and, That's amazing. and rock it out. So, Highly you know, I, I don't want to burden you. Uh, but I might like call you. <laughs> you want to come on down? <laughs> say, we love hey, we hey, love hey, travel. Are you are you in Key West, Paul? Because uh, <laughs> I heard it's a I heard it's a killer place. <laughs> you know, it could be a little bit of a different uh, interview if you catch me. And, and if you catch me in Key West, it'll be it'll be completely off <laughs> off the mic. I promise. I promise. One that might not want to go on the uh, on the air, so. <laughs> or would make even better fodder. <laughs> yep. As long as. Uh, didn't get off to everybody. <laughs> yeah. Well, it's been, man, it's been amazing to get a, a tier two review of the St. George spirits with stuff you guys are working on, which we have to try this chili vodka after, after we chat. This apple brandy is great, rich, deep, not, it's a polychromatic, you know, so many different flavors on it. And, you know, man, like to get here and sit here and chat with you, Talk about Mackinac Island. Talk about ACDC. Uh, it's been a pleasure, Paul. Well, so, thank you for much. Great meeting you. You likewise, know, I listened to a couple of your other, you know, casts that were out there, and yeah. I knew it would just be a comfortable vibe. I hope. And, I hope so. Yeah, 
I'm just a dude. You know, I'm looking here at six different guitars. That's so a vintage uh, Yamaha. That's the same one Elliot Smith played. Right I'm talking there. into a, a vintage Hall & Oates uh, <laughs> microphone, so hopefully the speakers came around well, but it was a great time. And uh, I appreciate it. You know, if, if I am on Facebook, if people want to follow me, they'll see if, when I'm in a town and, yeah. and grab me and say hello. It's a, it's they... A, they should want to drink with you. You know, they should. <laughs> <laughs> well, thank you very much. Thanks, Paul. Well, there we have it. What do you guys think of Paul? Amazingly hospitable guy, very cordial, had an amazing bag full of St. George spirits. It was lovely getting to understand his rise and his kind of movement in this hospitality industry, but also really giving us brilliant insight into the sales strategy, the production strategy, the production methods of all of these wonderful products, whether it be the absinthe, the agricole rum, the apple brandy, the pear brandy, the raspberry brandy, all of these wonderful spirits. It's not really a big surprise that they've built such a wonderful reputation for themselves. And having personalities like Paul in the mix and part of the team doesn't hurt them at all. So thanks, everybody, for listening to Show to V with Mike G. No matter how many times you think that allergy medicine is going to make your sore throat go away or... How many Halloween movies you're going to watch this season? Please keep dancing.